Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, everybody, welcome back. Big, big show. Mick was working, um, doing the race that he was... Where were you, Mick? Yeah, down at the uh, King of MX at uh, Kondobolin. How was it? Yeah, bloody awesome. Pretty hot. Pretty, pretty dusty. dusty. Yeah. yeah, she's a pretty dusty joint, but some good racing over a few days with the juniors and seniors, and uh, yeah, it looks to be a good series. Yeah, so Mick was doing that. I um, had a bit of family stuff going on, so I spent all of last week in Cairns, uh, which is why we missed uh, the yeah last couple of Supercross companions. Um, and then, yeah, Mick was away, so we couldn't pull it together for yesterday, but got a pretty action-packed show today i don't know i feel weird calling this a show it's just two dudes talking um but whatever this is is action-packed for this uh little little one we're doing today because yesterday in seattle was a pretty wild affair um the track was sick um the racing was good from like the heats to the mains and it sort of left you guessing the entire time also shout out to our boy chad um and jb those guys and chisholm too they're in a pretty bad, bad crash on the first lap. And then that crash is, dude, that crash maybe has affected the championship. Like in its entirety, not just, you know, the points chase last night. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely going to interfere with it. First lap crash like that is, uh, yeah, pretty dramatic. Well, just like the points repercussions mm-hmm. that will happen. Obviously, we're going to get into... We're going to get into it a little bit. Um, Mick's going to sort of start to read the topics and then we're just going to, I guess, wrap out um, what we, yeah, I guess just our thoughts on it. I'm still sort of getting my head around it, but that crash in particular could well be a deciding factor in this championship um, because obviously with the crash happening and then Marvin jumping on the red cross flag and then the penalties that were assessed, like that could be a huge huge turning point in this series so um yeah we're going to dive into that before i do that though um i haven't been doing the sponsor reads for the youtube stuff which i probably should been lagging our sponsor for this show as always is these deadly duds from nobby um if you follow the podcast uh on itunes not just this supercross companion stuff uh, you will know that we um, have been supported by Nobby for a long time. So pretty much what it is, um, I, I can't remember what month this is, but this, uh, it, you just get, it's like a subscription underwear service. You get a new pair of undies every month. It's 20 bucks a month. Uh, you head to nobbyunderwear.com.au. Uh, so yeah, go check those guys out. Um, we just spoke about Chad and his crash. Chad is actually a fully-fledged member of the Nobby Nation. Um, so Chad's on that program as well. 
I'm obviously on that program. Um, they are pretty epic when it comes to all the shit that I like doing, which is surfing, uh, riding motocross, jiu-jitsu, all that good stuff. Um, and then sitting down getting ball sweat during three-hour podcasts as well. So anyway, big shout-out to them and also a big shout-out to the guys at Boost Mobile. Uh, we To say we rely on them is probably an understatement. Mick is on them all the time and Mick is... Uh, you're uploading these shows because your Wi-Fi shit at your house, right? So you like actually drive into town and... Pretty um, much. Country boy, Mick. Mate, I'm pretty much a bush... Bushman. And how, um, many time, how many podcast segments have you uploaded on Boost Mobile Network, you reckon? Oh, a couple hundred gigs worth. <laughs> That's in probably the last, like, six weeks. So, yeah, we've we've been um, been on Boost for a good part of half a year now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, podcast-wise and obviously other content that I do as well, uh, it's just been huge. We've, yeah, a couple hundred gig in the last few months easily. Yeah. And so, it's great. Yeah, dude, they're, they're, they're the shit. So, um, shout out to those guys. Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, Mick, what is our first topic we're going to talk about today? Well, let's get on to the track. Um, track's one topic. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I was sort of with... Uh, I heard Ricky say in the booth that he didn't respect the track at the start um, when he was sort of walking it. And I looked at the track map as well and like I don't, I don't know whether they were planning on it raining at Seattle because I think this is the first year in... Man, I don't even know how long that it's actually been a dry uh, Seattle. Yep. So uh, I think they were maybe predicting uh, rain with that. I'm not sure. That's sort of complete speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like a crazy technical layout. There was nothing that really jumped out at me. The whoop section was big. Um, but even like Ken and the boys in the press conference even said that um, they didn't think that the whoop section would be... Uh, as difficult what it was it seemed pretty straightforward um yeah i mean even the the dudes were doing that quad and then they've obviously got a 180 degree ball turn like pretty standard um but those whoops really that was like the thing of the night really um so for me i think the track was i don't know if like i don't know if you'd say it was one of the better tracks of the year but i think it provided us with one of the better tracks of the year if that makes sense yeah it does for sure definitely does um so yeah that was that was cool um the yeah the whoops were the whoops were crazy and i said um i was just watching the race with ricky last night so i didn't you know we, i didn't have any of the boys over or anything it was just me and her um on the couch watching it and i said to her in uh when i sort of first saw that they started jumping at that Marvin would win tonight. Uh, I mean, that's not exactly a Nostradamus prediction mm. at all. Like, obviously, everyone knows he's a man when it comes to um, skimming those whoops. Uh, sorry, jumping through those whoops. But um, that sort of did prove to be accurate. I was pretty surprised that the guys couldn't adapt to jumping them quicker. And I think that, like, I will straight up admit that I've never seen a group of guys at a test track jump through whoops ever. With the, the box of tricks that you got, you'd think, you know, you can see the success that on certain tracks that Marv has obviously jumping through. Yeah. It's his you'd, saving grace at times. Eh? It is. It's his thing. Yeah. Um, you'd think the others would adapt on certain tracks, obviously, to, to maybe, I know it's a style thing and that comes from years and years of riding, but you think there might be an adaption there for certain tracks? It's funny, man. I wonder with Marv because, like, you've got to think about the Euro thing, right? 
Like those dudes don't grow up doing supercross. Mm. So for the guys that don't grow up doing supercross, what's the hardest part of the track? The whoops. The whoops, yeah. So then you get a guy like Marv that comes over and obviously like he's fucking amazing at supercross. Yeah. But I get the feeling that when he first started riding supercross, he had to jump through the whoops. And it was almost like he did it backwards to where he had to... To just get around at the start, he had to jump through those whoops. Mm. And like I said, you get to these test tracks, man, and they build these whoops solely to skim. And they don't let them get to the point where they break down so bad that you do have to jump them. And a lot of times they're fast. Like What they want to do is these guys at the test tracks, they try and prepare the riders for like the gnarliest conditions that they could possibly face on the weekend. So that's why we've seen test tracks with huge whoops, like crazy, crazy whoops over the years. But no one's really building sets that you have to jump through. So I don't think any of these guys are really practicing it. And Wygant brought it up at the press conference, which I thought was really cool. And shout out to Wygant for probably being the best journalist in the sport, really. Um, but yeah, he, he, said, he asked Eli and he asked um, Ken what they thought if they would now start practicing jumping through the whoops and and i mean ken said like well their track it's just that's not how it really works but none of those tracks it's how it mm. works like none of them are built or set up to do that so i really think with the way that marv if it comes down to a race where everybody is skimming the uh jumping through the whoops and that is the fastest way like you're almost guaranteed that marv's gonna win that race it's uh it's it's weird i don't think mm. we've ever had a dude that is a specialist to that degree to where it's like make or break for everybody else which yeah. is is really cool i want to pull up something real quick actually um the press conference uh jimmy dakotas was talking about um press conference um jimmy dakotas said that he is really hoping that they do the big big whoops more sorry i'm just youtubing some shit guys bit um bit sloppy on my behalf just get it to this jimmy dakota's bit but yeah it was cool they asked him what he thought of the track um oh here we go just took a bit of a refresh Here we go. Deal. Um, the whoops are honestly, they were really good all day. I felt like I was probably one of the better guys in them. I'm sure these two were the other, the other two I felt that were strong in them. Um, but in the main event, it turned into a jump line, and I wasn't really confident in the jump line, but I just went with what everyone else was doing and kind of struggled in them. But um, overall, I like that we have big, long set of whoops. I think it's something we need at all these races to separate guys. I'm, when we have those little whoops, it's just like... We're racing professional supercross. We should have big whoops. Totally agree. I think that uh, I, I agree, but then on like the flip side of it is sometimes, man, you go to like, for anyone that's been to a supercross and that has seen like the B practice, have you been to a supercross yet over there? Yeah. So you, uh, did you watch like the B practice in the morning early? Fucking sketchy. Oh, crazy. 
it is crazy so like you're talking about when you get a big whoop section like uh i mean Seattle was a good example because it did separate people and it was hard to sort of jump and not jump but when you get like a big ballsy like Phoenix Supercross a few years ago had like a pretty sick set of whoops and there was like a lot of carnage in it and the big like the big dogs it's it's obvious so it's like I get it on that side and I do agree that at that level you should be building the you know the gnarliest shit but then at the same time like sometimes that almost handicaps the racing because you do only get three dudes that can hit the whoops that good and i mean you look at the era of chad ricky and james three of the best dudes to go through the whoops and then even like chad was so much better than everybody else and then at times james was that much better than chad and then you started getting into a situation where like i don't know if a lot of people know but james would set up his bike just for the whoops that was it so he'd sacrifice everything else so he could be the fastest dude through the whoops so i mean historically in supercross the guy who can get through the whoops the best is oftentimes a guy that can win races and i think these days there's not as much separation in the 450 class um i think the guys that are in that top five sort of group are all as good and the guys that are even in the you know five to seven five to eight can all sort of get through it. and i think it comes down to like bike setup and things like that which i think also was apparent on the weekend like did because you haven't seen the full race yet eh? Uh, yeah so dude sealy looked amazing through the whoops dino looked amazing through the whoops um tall dudes both tall dudes um ken's not a super tall dude but he was really good through the whoops in the heat race um so i think like bike setup is is massive um but for jimmy what he's talking about now in the lights class i think is where it really makes a difference because to get through the whoops on a lights bike there's no there's not as much finesse it's straight up fucking send and jimmy's a dude that's stoked to press send because you don't have the power to keep pulling you through so you've got to be super like super high entry speed and get up on top and stay up on top there's no building momentum through whoops on a 250f like there is on a 450 um so yeah i mean i i like i do agree with jimmy but then there there definitely is another side of the coin in that conversation because it's like how many dudes are you just going to get cartwheeling their way out of these races close racing yeah 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 and then i liked um just to stay on the track topic before we um before we get off it um i really liked the sand after the whoops i think marvin had a really cool line through there fucking frenchies bro they just they always have those sick little lines don't they those little sneaky buggers Mm, yeah it's just finesse um and again i think that it's because he probably had a hard time getting around him at the start and you know being a little dude he's really got to pick and choose and place his bike Purcell was the same Purcell's a tiny dude um but yeah he had a really cool line after the finish line um which he was sort of like really like timing it and then using 
the maybe like the sort of second last like mound to sort of pop up and then over which was really cool uh the finish line they had like this really big bowl turn before the finish line which i thought would be uh a bit more at play than what it was adam cincerello um he almost kind of could run it in at Ferrandis on the last lap there but it was just you could carry too much speed through the outside on that bowl turn for it, for him to like he would have really had to run it in it's high speed and yeah none of those dudes are throwing that away we should actually watch the highlights from it um seattle highlights why are they putting two minute highlights man like it's a 20 minute race and you're giving us two minutes of highlights is that the only the cool thing that happened like was it two minutes worth of shit like fucking hell it's pretty lame so yeah pretty cool start too man like i think it was fair yeah this this was bad dude we'll talk about it later though Moose was out of there, man. He really wanted... Well, I think he really knew what he had to do tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he knew... Fuck, that crash is bad. Yeah, he's not. That sucks. But yeah, so I guess here is the, uh, the jump. And I mean, he made a lot of time, dude. Like, that's... He's just streaking away at this point, you know? really don't agree like you could tell he sort of looked back there and was like f he knew he fucked up but then i think it was just head down sort of like he's even looking as he goes over the triple there but yeah that that first turn was uh of that sorry that turn before the finish but like yeah dude Sealy was getting through the whoops really good which sort of tells me that honda just has the bike dialed yeah that's true too man yeah bummer bro Yeah, Coop was not... He, yeah. Just another crazy night for Cooper. Say you, like, need a little bit of luck to win championships. Yeah, Eli was just committed to, to skimming the whoops the whole time, man. Yeah, so anyway, that's the... Uh, that's the old highlights um yeah the sand section there was pretty cool it was yeah it was weird like the whole i don't know what was the next topic are we going straight into that or what's the yeah okay cool all right so we'll go um we posted this yesterday on gypsy tales if you guys don't follow us on facebook and instagram um do all that stuff because we're always kind of posting shit um so yeah, at Gypsy Tales Podcast uh, is pretty much how you'll find everything. I'll just full full screen this. So we sort of I grabbed this last night um, when the crash went down. Um, so we'll just play play this as good a quality as we can. Dude.
So yeah, get get through. So like really, he's just he's just lit it up there, and not had um, yeah, like he didn't get traction at all, dude. You go, you go back and watch. Oh, I see where you were saying he got traction. Got a bucket load towards the end. Yeah, but at that point we're so like he's just completely um, just spinning there. Yep, and then he's he's sort of got on the gap. Or hmm. I wonder if um, I don't know why this quality is so. Dude, this is really frustrating me today. So he's he's over the front and he's just like just hasn't got traction so he's cased it there so I wonder if so who is on the so that's Brees there on the KTM so I wonder if he's like pulled Chad back so just like watch it here so Chad's there and then he's so it's like has that dude got his arm or something like is you know what I mean like is Chad sort of hooked up with this dude and then he hasn't been able to like you see there it really it's looks definitely like tangled up yeah like it looks like his front like where his clutch is is actually like tangled up in this breeze guy sorry so, sorry to that i'm just calling him breeze i just don't know who he is so um, if it, even if chad's off the throttle it looks like he's being well, carried it doesn't, along yeah it doesn't look like he can get off the throttle nah. here it looks like he's He's getting carried. Yeah, he's like sort of stuck against him and he's already off the back of the bike there. So it's like that. It seems like one of those freak deals, man, where he's just like, and it's just launched him. So he's like, even here, or is it, you know, it could be like his foot peg or there could be something going on to where he just didn't have control over that. And then he's going to cross over the left into Brayton so Brayton's already committed. The pro- that's the problem is like all these dudes are super committed at mm. this point. You know, like none of them can back out. This is this is the most hectic point of the race. So I wonder. So Brayton is kind of committed. It's like it's veered Breeze off into the left, and then that's gone, and then that's hit Brayton. And like, dude, look how it just takes Brayton's front across. Yeah. Like I've never seen a dude go sideways through the air and then and then Brayton lands on the back of his tyre dude and is just like straight on the concrete and then Chiz is already committed as well and just fucking creams Chad and you know the crazy thing man is like all those dudes are like really really good friends like when Chisholm like Chisholm would ride with Chad a lot so can you imagine being Chisholm yeah. and seeing Chad in on the ground like that? You're already you've already left the ground. You committed. You're and in there, and then you're just knowing that you're about to just cream one of your homies. And like, look where this shit hits Chad. So he's ended up with what eight broken ribs, a punctured Punch lung, lung, and a broken scapula, Scap- which is your shoulder blade. Um, so that's basically so like, Chisholm style, dude. Bang! Yep. Look at that. Right, right on his fucking shoulder blade dude like that is so bad and then so i'd say dude that's like all your ribs lungs everything that's like that impact right there and i broke one fucking rib and popped one rib out like eight weeks ago and that was a terrible terrible fucking injury to go through and now chad's just done eight a punctured lung and the shoulder blade like dude and then look at the foot peg bro 
Look at his head up in there. Yeah, and he just he's just crunched against the dirt, the bike. Fuck. I tell you what though it does go to show the protective gear now the helmets the braces yeah that's a that impact is huge and there's like a lot of force on Chad's head too yeah absolutely absolutely like like he's getting crunched right here it's so gnarly too when like this is what and even when I was racing man this shit used to go through my head of like I'd have a real big crash like I remember I had a huge first turn crash we used to have a um, racetrack at Mariba and it was a really fast first first start straight and I just had a guy come across me and I just cartwheeled down the straight I was unconscious and just had all these bikes running over me and shit and all I got was knocked out mm. and it's like you could run this over and it's the same with this crash you could run this crash over so many times and it's like a foot peg to the neck like any fucking thing can happen in these like that's just that's chaos right there like straight up chaos and even Brayton to so he's come out and said that he's fine and he thinks he's sort of got a bit of a uh, could have like an ACL MCL tear but dude look at Brayton through the air right now like he's just dead boom that shit ain't no joke and Chad is still under there somewhere and what about Chad's form just hop straight up like dude that was gangster too like Chad's just there he wouldn't have been able to breathe. All the wind would have been knocked out of him and all he does is like... Whip the goggles off. Yo, yo, yep, I'm yep. here. Okay. Yep, I'm going to need some help. Savage. Straight fucking gangster. So shout out to Chad. Everyone knows he's one of the gypsy gang. He's one of the homies. Um, we love you, bro. And we hope that you um, aren't going to be in too much pain. They get you on some good meds and you get home to see your family. Um, I saw... We'll go on Ellie's Instagram because she has been... Um, she's been providing some updates I'm not logged in there Ellie Reed Instagram not creeping everybody we're just this is part of bringing you guys information um, trying to make you log in at every step eight broken ribs broken scapula and a collapsed lung um, why did I close that um, yeah, I think she actually put more stuff on her story. We'll just check that out real quick. Um, are you kidding? There's going to be a lot of shit that we have to cut out of here. Um, yeah, so I think she has posted some stuff. That's cool. Boost, get well soon. We're uh, very much on the same trail thinking. I'll be posting the vid. Everyone posting the vid. All right. Um, he was taken out of, uh, taken to a trauma center in Seattle. Oh, how do we slow these down? Um, oh, you can't do it on your bloody video. Can you hold the mouse on it? No, I'm no. trying to press it. Oh, yeah, pause. Here you go. Uh, taken to a trauma center in Seattle. Biggest concern was a collapsed lung, so they kept him in hospital. Extent of other injuries sustained. Last night's race will be shared once he has time to get all the correct information from the doctors. Um, they're on FaceTime. So I think this is Brittany Chisholm posted this, who's obviously um, Kyle Chisholm's uh, wife. Um, yeah, so I guess that must have just been um, what 
she has posted. Um, first of all, just want to update uh, some prayers for CRT2 and Brayton. Yeah, he's just saying, like, same sort of stuff. Um, yeah, hurt his knee. Ah, uh, so I... Okay, so I thought this was Brayton that said he'd hurt his knee, but this is coming from Cheers. Uh, I'm doing all right. Hurt my left knee and just needed to give it some time and see how it is. Hoping slash thinking it's just a bad bone bruise and a sprain. Thankful that that is all. Um, we'll see in the next couple of days. By the way, this is not the knee I had surgery on last year. So I don't know about Brayton then. We'll go on Twitter later and have a look. Um, yeah, and then Chad... Um, posted so this says another night in hospital finally uh, moving into a room by himself not in the ER where people were yeah yeah I was fucked um oh dude how's this so yeah he almost got himself released then he passed out when he sat up um didn't pass that test <laughs> yeah I could imagine Chad would be like get me the fuck out of here few stats Saturday was the two um 249th overall and 640 uh, sorry 64th consecutive race for Chad so yeah Chad's run's gonna stop at 64 um oh so he wanted damn so he was trying to get 250 starts and fuck that's, and that's 249 so Chad's come up one short man of 250th starts dude I was thinking about that like you know, everyone's obviously talking about, um, everyone's talking about Chad retiring and even he was talking about retiring at the end of the year. Um, but I could honestly see like, like Chad's had a good season. He has one podium, been in some top fives. I think that if he had worked some starts out a bit earlier on in the season, um, that, it would have been different. Like he has been riding good, and the guys he have been he's been battling with. Like there's eleven factory riders. Yeah, and he's done one of the most important things: beat his teammate. Dude, hundred percent whole season. Yeah, he really has. He's been JDR's top dude. That's yeah. a fucking good point. It's a huge, huge stat for him. Like he's, you know, he's just started on the development series of that bike. Yeah, and beat his teammate. And that's, I think that's all you really. Obviously, you want to win championships, but you need to beat your teammate first. Yeah, that's so true, dude. And also, man, like, so you think about, um, so for JGR going forward, and it's a bit of a, it's probably a topic that we're going to cover a little bit more in, like, the coming weeks, but I would be thinking that JGR is going to need Chad next year. And I think that when you look at, I guess, everything that they've going on in their program, like, they're, they need a big name rider. And I, I think that Marv actually might be on the... Uh, I think Marv might be on their list of guys wow. that they're trying to get. I think they need a top two a dude. I think Marvin's kind of affordable if he doesn't win this series. If he wins his championship, he stays with KTM, I think. Um, and there's probably a clause in his contract that means that he has to. Um, but I think if he doesn't win this championship, he could be going to JGR. I think that... He's obviously one of the top tier dudes, but I think he's more affordable than, obviously more affordable than like a Ken or an Eli. Um, so yeah, I could see him going to that program. Uh, and then, you know, he's been on Red Bull KTM for what, nine, 10 years. Yeah, it's hasn't a won time. A, hasn't won a 450 championship yet. Um, I think that there's probably some stuff going on at the Baker's factory that he probably would 
benefit from getting away from and I don't think he'd want it I'm not saying he wants to but I think he would benefit from it um, because you think about it like you know he had Ken come and like Marv beats dudes in practice there but it's like let's say Coop starts behind the eight ball goes to the Baker's factory and then all of a sudden he just gets like to ride with the dude he's competing for all weekend mm. and then he gets to gauge the pace learn the pace he knows that Marv's going to be one of the top dudes mm. one I think what Marv's now won eight rate or asterisk won eight races mm. in the 450 class so it's like Coop knows that if he can get there up around Marv every single day then it's you know it's like a confidence booster but it's almost like he's just showing all these dudes like how fast you need to go to be a top 450 guy it's like a development person it almost Isn't is it? eh yeah it's like you go there you hang out with Marv you see the speed, figure out how to beat him. And if you can beat Marv, then you're probably going to win the championship. Mm. Yeah, you come, know, come like it's a weird night. deal, eh? It is, yeah. So, I mean, you think then like, let's just play devil's advocate and say Marv goes to JGR. It's like he gets a test track by himself. And then let's say they keep on Chad. And now you've got one of the best testers mm. in the sport. Won two championships still super competitive but he's not going to be a guy that will probably battle you for the championship every single weekend and that seems like a pretty solid recipe to do well so but then i think the jgr program's just i don't know it's just seems troubled for whatever reason um and having chad chad there as well just brings brings people by the truck yeah it's just oh, so yeah so, such a fan favorite so you know, you need someone like that in your team as well, quite, quite often as well. Dude, I really, really, really hope that Chad sticks around next year. Same, especially that. I think he know. will, dude. Like he had a good enough, like he had a good enough run this year, man. Five races to go, just misses out on two fifty. Like he'll do. I think regardless, he just does a one just to go and make the night show and kind yeah. of cruise around. But um, but yeah, that was that was a bad bad crash, and I really really hope those boys are alright. Still waiting to hear from Brayton. Might just go on Twitter real quick and see if um, anyone has posted any updates. I don't ever remember any of my logins. Let's see if I get this right. Boom! All right, home. Just going to have a quick little scroll. Um, Racer X, Chad Reed confirmed the Instagram post. He will miss the re- remainder of the season. No doubt. That fucking sucks. Oh, should we follow Ricky Carmichael on Twitter? Ricky, follow us back. Show me some love. Um, it's either MMA uh, or Supercross on my Twitter. I need to diversify. Um, Kerry Hunt. Sorry, guys. It's probably fucking boring to watch me scroll Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't seem... I guess I could search, search Racer X. I feel like they're the most... Nope. Fuck. Come on. That's unlucky. Yeah, I think their latest tweet was Chad um, yeah I guess no real updates on Brayden I'll do some digging independently and see if we can find out any more um, about that uh, what's what do we got next to talk about 
Um, yeah, we've just spoken about him a little bit, but Marv, the big moment of the night. Obviously. Yeah, so I guess yeah, well, we could talk about like the prop, the penalty and that. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Um, I think something with the sport needs to needs to change. I think at at this level, the flags that were there, the medical flag, it should have been seen. Mm. You taught you taught that right from racing juniors sort of thing. So yeah, he would have seen it. You can see in the footage that he's obviously seen as he's looking back. So he's realised it. Um, mistakes happen, but there needs to be a penalty. And I read the rules this morning to sort of clarify it. But the need, I feel there needs to be a, plen- a penalty placed in the race. Mm. Um, I know other sports, for instance, MotoGP, if the, you overtake on a yellow flag, you get used to be, it might still be, I'm not sure, but a 10-second penalty. Yeah, And that's um, taken in that race. So you still get the chance to battle for first place. But you're not um, you're not taken completely out of the race from a silly because it's a silly mistake. But you haven't committed, you haven't taken a guy out or done something yeah. like that. But you still get the chance to battle. You bring them in, for instance, into the you know mechanics box. They're actually out of the race from that point. So I think just if if there is a way of you know a 10 second pen, time penalty to be placed at the end, still gives you the chance to um, you know basically battle for that race at the end and see see if you can gap the field by 10 seconds if if that's a possibility if it's not a possibility um you end up the position where you end up which you know he he ended up getting penalized what was it i think the rule is two spots plus two points yeah so it was seven points total in, in total yeah um yeah I, I agree like the the problem with it for me is that I feel like as it stands now, that system could be gamed, if that makes sense. So, like, if you know it's two spots and two points Mm. and you've got your, you know, like a championship rival or let's let's say it happens at Vegas Mm. and it ends up to where you could gap the dude that you need to beat by X amount or whatever and it's like, can you actually... Is there a scenario where you could actually game this system, plan it out and go, you know what, I'm just going to do it and it's not, you know, it's not a big it's not a big deal. I can still win the championship by doing this or, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. I feel like there's... There's probably a, a few too many ways to where it, it, it's like it could be calculated. You could go, you know what, I can lose two points but I can't lose this spot or I can't lose this win or or let's say... Let's say then that because it's wins, right? Let's say Marv and Coop are tied on points, right? The series finishes at Seattle. They're tied on points. But with this win, Marv would have one extra win on the season. Yeah. Yeah. And and it has. So been, he wins the championship. Yeah. And it has been decided that he still gets the win. Exactly. So that's where, to me, it seems sketchy is it's like this is a this is a rule that can be gamed that could affect the championship in a really heavy way that would leave a very salty taste in my mouth as a Supercross fan. Yeah. And if if it came down to that fact of tied on points, Marv knew, obviously it's hard to know where Cooper's going to end or whatever, but I mean, you can figure that stuff out on the track. And yeah let's just say it works out that bang tied on points Seattle's the last round this would give Marv four wins Cooper has three Marv wins the title 
Yeah. And so to me, that's what I don't like about this whole situation. The other thing is people saying that, like, oh, he would have won the race anyway or this or that. That's to me, is bullshit. Mm. Because no one can say that. No one can say, like, it's super obvious. And, and, and Marv, and again, this isn't anything against Marv. I think that should be stated. If this happened to Ken or Cooper or whoever, I still think the same thing. If, if you're going to gain an advantage on the first lap of a main event, and then you also don't know what's going through Ken's head. Ken could, Ken could have spent that entire main event thinking that Marv was going to get docked 10 seconds or whatever. Mm. So, you know, then is if Marv, uh, Ken has a comfortable gap on Eli in third, thinks Marv's going to get a penalty, which is going to give him the win, doesn't really bother racing, Marv races away to the front, then we don't have a main event. You get the chance taken away from you to watch a great main event. Everybody does. The yeah. fans, I feel like the fans get ripped off. I feel like Ken get, gets ripped off. And I feel like Marvin knows he did the wrong thing, but he's still credited with the win. And like the Valentino Rossi example, like mm. you were telling me about the race where Valentino got red flag, copped the penalty, and then just raced the clock to make sure he could still win. Mm. It's fucking epic. That's yeah. an epic story. That's an epic way for a guy to be penalized and then know what his penalty is and then fight his way through it. And even I thought about that yesterday when Marv, he's looking at, this goes to show how smart these dudes are. So Marv is looking at the tower to see how long he's got mm. to go before he crosses for the last lap. So he knew in his head that he was going to be about two seconds. If he did a full heater, he was going to be about two seconds um, too late for them to put out the white flag lap. So Marv then stops, essentially, makes sure that the white flag comes out so he's only got one lap, which is like, that's perfectly fine. He's gaming, you know, that's being yeah. a gamer. That's being a smart racer. That's racecraft. Mm. Can never take that away from a dude. But in a situation where Marv gets, say, a 10-second penalty because he's done the wrong thing at the start of the lap, at uh, the start of the race, yep. you can't do that because that's two seconds, bro. You're not giving up that two seconds. Yep. And you don't know whether that could force a mistake that could then give Ken the win or that could give Cooper another spot. You know, there's so many variables that you take out of play by doing a stock standard two points plus two positions. Yep. And to me, it seems, it just seems like a bit of a joke. Like, you don't see that in any other form of motorsport. You don't see that in Formula One. You don't see that in in NASCAR. No. It's a drive-through penalty or it's a time penalty. And I think that in the way that this championship is unfolding, the fact that this was a dead rubber, like this main event essentially didn't happen no. in the points chase, which is unfortunate at this point with five races to go that we're... We're in a, such an incredible series and now this race essentially doesn't matter. It can matter when mm. it comes down to it because, you know, if obviously if Marv didn't do that, he gets the win, then we're looking at a, a dead heat for the, you know, points lead coming out of Seattle. So it's like if, it, if Marv didn't do this, then we're talking about a five-round series, which is crazy to think about. Mm. But we're talking about a dead rubber now. Yeah. But, you know, but then on the same time, it's like, 
I feel a bit ripped off. And then especially, this was like my one thing that really pissed me off about the whole situation as well was the fact that the broadcast is going, right? So this happens on the first lap. The broadcast is going and they're sort of mentioning it. They're like, oh, there will be a penalty. But it's like, what? what's the fucking penalty? Yeah. And like... Who has... What... No one's got that information. We end the broadcast going, well, it's uh, the unofficial results. Fuck you and your unofficial results. Like, here's two guys in Australia that have read the rule book and found it straight away. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, why can't the, bro- the international broadcast have that straight away? You're, you're telling me that I've just sat down and watched Supercross yep. for fucking four hours of my Sunday and I leave <laughs> not knowing who won the race? And it's like, oh, well, my, they say, oh, Marv still won the race. There's no clarity at all no. that comes from that. And he didn't win the race. He fucking cheated. Again, he didn't mean to do it. I can understand how it happens mm. and why it happens. And I'm not, it's no slight against Marv. But the dude fucking cheated. He did something that is against the rules. That is what cheating is. And all of us, and I'm supposed to be happy that he still wins the race. And I'm supposed to be happy that on my NBC Gold it says coverage has concluded and that what I need to go to Twitter yeah. for Racer X to tell me that I won the fuck the, who won the race just dog shit dude in my opinion and then you go straight back into the LCQ um, can, can you find the rider who got jacked on the LCQ did you hear about that nah oh you might oh you're, you're not yeah. on there at the moment who what oh, I'm not I'm never gonna be able to find it <laughs> I'm sorry to the I don't know the guy's name basically one of the guys made the main through the LCQ he got punted off the track went around the triple they're saying that he accelerated I did see this in the foot in the um, yeah in the broadcast footage oh was this in the wrap up yeah oh mate yeah. I think I think it is actually we'll have a look we got time I wonder Let's have a quick look. I'm not playing your ad. Not on my podcast. I will have silence for 15 seconds. Unless Mazda wants to sponsor us. Then we'll play that shit. Alright, we're back. 250. Dude, AC's been doing this a bit. Like, look at... He has the whole shot, has the whole shot. Fuck, way too deep. He did that at Anaheim. Like, he's done that a bunch of times this year. And, like, look how buried he got. Yeah. He saved it. Like, obviously, it was a good save. But, like, fuck, dude. Can't be doing that shit, AC. Shout out to Jimmy D. Man, Colt Nichols had a bad crash, too. I haven't actually heard what his injuries are, either. Oh, really? Yeah. Nah. What, have you seen it? No, I didn't see yeah, this. Yeah, he got fucking smoke, bro. It sucks. Yeah, here. OJ, cut down. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, he walks off, but I feel like there could be some hip or knee stuff there that was not cool for him. So crazy, friend. has got his first win. Like, when they said that, I was like, what? He's won before. So this is the first. That was his first win, man. But he, he's been hurt so much, mm. like in Supercross. AC, beautiful pass. Fuck, he looks so good again. 
Verandas was doing the quad every lap, like so, so, so smooth. Yeah, Ferrandis was another dude that just stayed committed to the uh, to skimming them. Well, I wonder if they'll show this quad. How again with the hot? They like don't even show the quad that like basically decided the race. The fuck? They say it, but they don't even show it. Yeah. <laughs> who do, Who cuts these? That's a lot of hair, eh? Yeah, so they um, yeah, they didn't mention it. Anyway, the one of the dudes in the LCQ, he um, got punted off, went around, didn't gain a position like he was in front of the dude that punted him. Yep. And then get straight on the track. He pinned it though around the, he pinned it to mm. get back on track because obviously he's still in the race. Uh, and then they just didn't let him line up for the main. That's literally disqualified. You got disqualified. He and technically he didn't break the rules. No. So we're, we're looking at a situation where Marv broke the rules. Everyone agrees with Marv breaking the rules. Marv agrees that he broke the rules. Yeah. And then you get a guy who, like, technically, he went around it. He got pushed off track, went around, returned at the first option that was safe to do so. He looked left, made sure no one was coming. Like the and rule didn't, state. D- yep. Like the rule state. Didn't gain a position. Like the rule state. And gets fucking disqualified. The Mate. dude just drove to Seattle Makes no to sense. qualify through the LCQ and gets fucked by Gallagher. Makes no sense. It makes no Nothing. sense. And so, like, where did he... Show me where he broke the rules. That's like a judgment call of like, whoa, you went pretty fucking fast, like, to get back on the track. How fast? That's what I mean. No one knows. Super you know, subjective. So, yeah. So how fast? Where? What? It's like, that was a sketchy call. And I'm really glad that Ricky, because Ricky said it on the broadcast. He was like, yeah, don't agree with that call. That was wrong. And mm. I totally, totally agree. So you can just on a whim disqualify a dude. The exact same thing happens to Tyler Bowers. Barsha and him have had a history. Like Barsha cleaned him out. I'm, I want to say it was Vegas last year. Barsha cleans Bowers out, breaks his fucking leg, races the main. Bowers hits Barsha gets disqualified no injuries both yep. of them keep racing gets disqualified what the fuck is going on here no consistency no <laughs> zero consistency and like it just it goes on and on and on there are so many examples with so many riders that have had all of these crazy rulings thrown at them and then surprisingly the Dungy rule, as it's now called, because they didn't want to strip Dungy of a win in the championship hunt. Mm. And now you've got another KTM up front, Roger Costa, pretty heavy hitter in the industry. Quite influential, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> same, same team, same issue. We're not going to strip a win away. And it's just like, I mean, I'm scratching my head. As a fan, I'm scratching my head. And the th- I'm a fan of Marvin. Like, I like Marvin. He's a fucking awesome dude. Yeah, it's not a personal thing. You but know, he cheated exactly and it's it's like it's frustrating and it, and it it really was frustrating the biggest thing and i look at this through the lens of trying to get more people to watch our sport trying to get more people looking at the sport mm. that's the, like the lens that i'm going through so it's like you 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 log on or you're watching it live or whatever you don't know much about supercross and then you're watching these guys race and then it's like under review shuts off they don't know to go to Racer X's Twitter feed. They don't know to fucking follow Jason Wygant. It's like if you're not 
in the industry and like refreshing your Twitter feed, you don't know what the fuck's going on. And I think that sucks mm. for a fan. And it's like, to me, that that is like the biggest issue that I've got with it. And, so, And if that was your first race that you'd ever watched, a guy does something wrong, like anyone can see that. It'd be so hard to follow. You'd be like, okay, so this guy's broken a rule, but he's still going and we don't know what actually happens to him. Yeah. This, it, does, it wouldn't make sense. No. You know, it really wouldn't. So there, there needs to be some, oh, I, like some sort of amendment there made. And it's such a rare thing. That's the trouble. Like, it it is a rare thing, but it's like we're talking millions of dollars here. Yeah. Like Marv keeps a $100,000 check from KTM. That's yep. a win bonus so he from keeps KTM. That. He keeps a $100,000 check. His photo's on the top step of the podium. Yep. That trophy's going to his house. Like there's a lot of shit at work here. Yep. His mechanic gets a bonus. So like, you know, I'm sure Ken wouldn't... All right, so I'll go to then. I don't want to just sit here and bitch about this and then not offer some kind of solution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there has to be... There's probably too much of that in the world at the moment. My, my, <laughs> my idea or my thoughts is there's two things. Do we, we just do a flat timed penalty? This is what it's worth. Doesn't matter on the time you gained, on the time, nothing. But even then, it's like, that gets fucking sketchy because you say you just take it off a time game. What if you gain five seconds, but you get a 10-second penalty? So really, you only get a five-second penalty, if that makes sense. So it's like, do we do a flat rate thing? Or what I think would be the appropriate punishment is there should be... And I've got a feeling they tried this at some point. I'd, I'd really need to like research this or someone DM me or, or tweet me if this is a thing. But I've got a feeling that at some point they did like a penalty lane where you had to actually pull into the mechanics area mm. and then stop for... It might have been in Australia, dude, where they did it actually. Maybe it was at Super X. Mm. So my thing is, is there should be a lane at every single race to where if you make an infringement, like, and I think this applies for the going off track thing. Like you should not be disqualified from a race unless you've done something wrong. Mm. Like really, really, really wrong. Like, like almost like a professional foul in football. Yeah. So where you have intentionally done something to ruin somebody else's chances of success and you've cheated to make it happen. That's yep. I think that's the only time where you do that or like a fight or something like that. Yep. But why can't we have a penalty lane where you come around, it's the mechanics area, you've got a you've got a board an official there with the board. I'm actually 100% this was actually at Super X man. I remember Kevin Williams being the dude that did it. Um or like one of the WM crew. You got a board there, it's a penalty and then the penalty is a penalty and then you shoot back off on the track you regain the pack and then you fight your way for the position mm. that's just fair there's no because like let's say we just run a 10 second penalty or whatever we call it if you do gain 5 seconds in a jump or in a rhythm lane because you've jumped it then you're not getting a 10 second penalty and then it's like you've got to sit there with a clock and that just seems like it's quite hard to figure out and a lot of room for error if you ask me um but i think that if you went down this route of a penalty lane you pull in it's 10 seconds of a stop um you know you've got to kill your bike or whatever fucking don't kill your bike whatever the details are Hmm. that's officiated bang you re-enter the race and i think then that's fair 
you can't it doesn't matter how much you gained by none of that nothing else matters everybody it's it's easy to follow you get the little split camera down in the corner showing the dude in the penalty box and then bang you're back Mm. on track that's as fair a way as you could do it if you break the rules that's where you go do you think if um marv yesterday gave a position back a position back to ken like just slowed down let ken get in front and then re-went again we'd be talking about this now yeah i don't know but see then it's like you're just letting the riders decide Mm. which is seems weird that they have to even be the ones that would adjudicate themselves because like in you know i know it happens in supercars a little bit they do do that a little bit where if you've cut a corner or something if you go back into the position behind you've sort of self-adjudicated because it yeah it was a mistake like it's yeah, still yeah, a it mistake sure. so yeah and that was I, another thing I, I was thinking you know like but what riders wanted to do that when there's no rules saying that that's to, what yeah. we have to do so well, that yeah that is that is a tough one but mm. i think that man i all right so let's say let's say that did happen and marv does pull in pull in behind ken gives ken the position and then starts racing you probably wouldn't have seen a penalty no i don't think but it's like it's just too wishy-washy you can't yeah yeah, and i think that if marv did that he probably wins the race anyway for sure so yeah but i mean i i really do think that the you know some kind of like penalty box it's a time it's essentially it's a drive-through penalty yep every form of motorsport racing on planet earth has a drive-through penalty and then for the case of the poor dude in the 250 lcq that got fucked let's mm. make no mistake about that he got fucked by them in his case let's say he does that and you want to penalize him which he shouldn't have been penalized in my opinion you make him start the race from the penalty box mm. and as soon as the gate drops your 10 second starts and then you're at a 10 second disadvantage yep or after the first lap which gives him a chance to hole shot be with the front dudes, get a 10-second penalty, pull in with the pack. But even like, let's say we do do this. That's like a another a whole different element to racing. You know, it gives everyone more to talk about. It gives way more storylines. It, it, it's going to give people more ammunition to and for. It's like right now, I'm just sitting here just thinking like this Gallagher dude's an idiot. Mm. Doesn't That doesn't add to the sport for me. That doesn't This doesn't add to any like excitement of the racing there's no cool storyline in me thinking that dude's a dick that's just fucking annoying for me as a fan and it's hard to take because when there is inconsistencies it just leaves you with the shits yeah which is where i'm at right now so i don't know they've got it they have to do something about it and it is rare and the problem is it's like we talk about it and then it goes away Mm. you know it happened to dunge it's happened again now but it's like it is important and it has happened enough to where it's like we should do something here and there is i don't think like you know jason anderson last year blows out the front wheel at new york comes in gets front wheel change goes back out there's no like that's not dangerous there's no you know no sketchy thing if it's an allocated zone where you have to pull it like that's it's doable it's fair everyone knows and then it gives Marvin a chance to be a fucking badass and still win the race. Yeah. So, anyway. Woo! Something needs to happen. Rant with over. Definitely something needs to improve. I needed... Yeah, I'm, we needed to talk about it. It was fucking bullshit, dude. Like, it was so annoying to watch that. 
what else we got? Eli, third in the points. Um, obviously, yesterday uh, with the line through the whoops, he wasn't changing up. Struggled a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, this is sort of it's like, an area that he'd be good at. Mm. I think um, I think Wygant nailed it when he said that um, those boys need to start practicing that shit. Totally agree. Um, yeah, it's just weird. Like, dude, like the Eli Tomac at Daytona, man. We see that dude every weekend. No one's fucking even looking at him, but he just doesn't. It's just not the dude that we see every weekend. It's just bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. It's just. It's crazy. I just don't know what to do about the whole Eli Tomac thing. He he's just he could be such a dominant force, and I would love to know what is really going on there. But behind, I don't behind the scenes um, within. Kawasaki yeah that's a that is a good point you bring that up so Mike Williamson mm. left the team so he was basically the team principal um, which is I guess like a Formula 1 term that they, they were using for him uh, he pieces out and that shows I don't know it could show that there's some unrest in that camp it could mm. show Eli's not happy with the way things are getting done maybe he's not happy with the speed at which they're getting done um I know, like, so you, you talk about, um, uh, we talk about, like, Todd. So when he rode to the factory Honda. So it'd take, like, if he wanted to change his triple clamps, he's looking at, like, a fucking long time just mm. to get something changed. And I think that that's where you see the whole KTM program really come to life is that they're just like, bang, 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 bang. You, you want this change? You want this done? You want this done? Bang, it's done. Innovation, yep. Yeah, just on it, on it, on it. Mm. They're giving these dudes everything that they can and they're giving it to them quick. Teams like Kawasaki, teams like Honda, um, Factory Yamaha, the Japanese are the Japanese. And anyone that has worked in any of those teams knows that that's how it works. Like, they are doing shit every single letter by the book. And they're going to test and they're going to go over and they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And by the time you get your new triple clamps, you're fucking 40 points off the lead in the championship. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know whether... Yeah, I, I don't know enough to really give anyone information about it, but I can speculate on, mm. you know, the kind of stuff. Because, I mean, like, logistically, team gets the races, seems like a good dude... He won a lot of championships with Villapote. He won a lot of championships with um, with James. Like he's, this isn't some random dude that's come in and hasn't done well. Mm. He's got a, a track record. So I mean, and and again, this is assuming that it was something within the team where they were unhappy. I mean, he could have had family issues. He could have, you know, could have had anything. But if we're just gonna play that side of the coin, where, um where there was something wrong with the team then it's like yeah I wonder if Eli's frustrated with the bike he can't get it where he needs it to be and you know someone someone had to go Eli's not going anywhere nah. for me it just seemed you know I read his statement and to effective immediately like yeah, the Friday of Seattle that's just really strange like mid-season for a team especially, especially with um, the championships he's had with the team yeah it's just yeah maybe it is what it is but yeah it just seemed a little bit odd with, especially with the results coming through Eli and that yeah they won a national championship last year yeah it's huge so I don't know it's 
yeah very strange and obviously the 250 programs going great guns yeah uh, so yeah just was very surprised when i read it yeah and it, it you know if, if you're looking into it and you're a betting man you you're thinking more likely than not that there's trouble in the camp in some way shape or form you know mm. what's next bro what do we got cooper yeah man fuck coop got off scot-free like it was basically seattle for cooper webb was a non-event didn't happen didn't matter in the points went nowhere that's like really if you can't gain that's like the next best thing so didn't look good um he didn't look good in the whoops which has been the thing that he's struggled with in general um even like he was one of the guys doing the quad but he wasn't doing the quad well uh it really looked like it was a pucker moment for him every time that he was doing it uh but still man like talk about doing what you got to do to get the job done he um yeah still got the red plate still leading by seven points and had a really shit night by his standards like he's a long he was a long way off marv um it'd be interesting to know what causes those nights because i think it's like we sort of it's clear to see that he does have those bad nights Mm. but i don't know what causes them you know so i wonder I, i get the feeling it's a setup thing because obviously we've seen how fit he is and to be honest it it would be harder like it would show up more if he was unfit i think more than now so i don't think it's like a fitness thing um i feel like he struggles with certain tracks at the moment and then with certain like setup bike setup yeah Mm. setup issues um but obviously when we had townley doing this with us the other week his insight was crazy in the way that you know how he sort of gets away with or how he rides a track makes him so hard to deal with um for the guys that are in front uh also got a bad start which was um never going to be easy coming through uh the pack that we've got especially on a track that you're not 100 percent comfortable with uh could he have held off ken for second if he started in front of him maybe um but i think ken and marv were on a different level i think eli was definitely had so much more in the tank uh just sort of struggled through the whoops and fell off the back of those two but yeah i mean overall like really it was a wash for coop mm. you know and at this point with what we got five races to go yeah. yep to come out of a race at this stage in the game with um yeah just dead rubber but pretty much the race didn't happen i think that's like a, as massive as a deal as you can get a, a unless you actually put points into these dudes Mm. um mentally though is it gonna be harder and i guess see this going back to the marv thing so like it just doesn't upset his confidence at all there's no hit to marv you know he didn't lose points to coop he didn't gain any but he did gain momentum he Mm. did gain confidence um and that is maybe worth more than seven points heading into the last five rounds of this championship mm. you know could be for sure maybe yeah i mean maybe that's another thing that you've really got to factor in when you look at this whole penalty situation is you know how much of a factor momentum plays into this game 
So, yeah, crazy one. But uh, regardless, Coop come out unscathed, considering he had a pretty shit night. Got another one. We've obviously just left Seattle. 262 points a web. 239 for Roxon back in fourth. Five rounds to go. Now, I guess, the pressure for that win, and last night maybe was that win or, yeah. you know. Well, he did. Well, Ken didn't win the race. No. You know, and... Even like we said before, let's say that Marv turns around, lets Ken pass, maybe he doesn't win, mm. you know. But that's so speculative to say. But I think, you know, two eight place, eight eighth place weekends for Ken in a row. Yeah. That's bad. But to rebound with a second, um, you know, if Ken was as sick as he said he was, just to be out there and, you know, getting eighth is is a big deal um and a really yeah like sort of good showing for him but like yeah that he is down a lot of points like you 23 points yeah you'd have to think something would have to happen at coop and then marv's pretty close and then you've got eli there as well like Mm. i mean he's definitely not out of it by any means but ken roxon has a job to do if he's going to win this championship but is that a good I'm not going to say a good place, but it's like that pressure now puts Ken in a, in a spot where that pressure's sort of gone and now it just becomes about doing what he can do to get a race win. Mm. And is that what it takes maybe to, you know, get him on a roll that all of a sudden, like, Ken starts stringing together. Let's say he wins three of these last five races. Mm. And it's like, is he right back in that conversation come Vegas? Vegas is going to be crazy, dude. Oh, abs- yeah, for sure. If it stays, if Coop doesn't run away and get himself like a 10 to 15, you know, 15 point lead, Vegas is going to be a crazy race. And Eli is always good at Vegas. Mm. So Eli is going to be that dark horse dude come Vegas that could really upset the apple cart or the orange cart, really. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, for Ken, I think at this point, all he really needs to focus on is just trying to get some race wins. Mm. And I think, you know, he's going to be solid at Honda again next year um, and just keep building. And for Ken, like, this is the first time in a few years to be racing these tracks. Yeah, that's like, true. This is huge. Like, he has obviously the injuries both years with both arms. This is the first time. So this is, this is a big thing for him again. And you've got to think with Ken as well that... Um, he he's got this sickness that he's fighting but it's like is it is he sick or is it just that he hasn't done this workload of the training through the week and then the racing and the traveling like he's been out at this point every year Mm. so it's like it's just got to be draining you know are we just seeing can feel those kind of rookie feelings again almost after essentially two years off to get back into that full-blown grind and you can train all you want and you can do the laps but let me tell you when you've got flights you've got time changes you've got autograph signings you've got all this extra stuff that gets thrown as you at you as the ken roxon of our sport mm-hmm. it's a different game dude and it's not something you can prepare for you know yourself man you've been traveling this weekend you yeah. feel cooked yeah so imagine the workload then and the private the private jet days are done like these are normal guys going to these races now and like you look at ken's schedule indy last week so middle of the country similar yeah he would have went back to a sandbox yeah 
and then all the way back over to Seattle. Yeah. That's three that's hour time difference too. Like the mains for the dudes that live on the East Coast, those yeah. mains started at 12.30 at night. Wow. That's weird, bro. So you're yeah. racing well into 1am in the morning, your time. So everything in your own program that you do daily changes. Yeah. It's huge. So yeah, it, there's obviously a lot, lot going on there as well. Yeah, for sure. We're pretty much done. Is that it? Yeah. What else do we have to talk about? Um, pretty much the main topics from yesterday. Just go on a bit of a freestyle then for the last little bit. Uh, I think we've done like about an hour talking about it, which is pretty cool. Um, shout out to Dylan Ferrandis. Got his first win. Kind of said it before. Can't believe that was his first win. Guess we sort of covered that. Get well soon to Colt Nickel. Get well soon to Chad and JB. Also Chisholm. Uh, hopefully his knee is all right. He's, uh, yeah, he's definitely a really, really, really good dude. Um Oh, I just want to talk about um, Moto Spy. If there might be a lot of you that have seen us from Moto Spy, um, which is really cool. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, just that, like that series, right? So obviously we're uh, a little bit a part of it with uh, the guys at Red Bull putting us in it. But I really started to think about this kind of stuff the other day with everything is that our sport you know and I sort of spoke about it with Townley a little bit and we're starting to do things now in our sport that mimic other sports like the UFC is something that I'm super into that I follow and you know you've got all these different dudes that are doing podcasts and all this different stuff and I mean even I can see in the comments of this shit when I look that it's like oh everyone's got a podcast who's those blah 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 but it's like let's just get this shit on more people's radar and in particular, when it comes to Moto Spy, so I was just in Cairns and my girlfriend was there and we sat down and her dad is like, oh, what are you up to? Or like, you know, what have you been working on? Blah, blah, blah. I showed him Moto Spy. Never watched a Supercross race in his life. And he was like fully into it. The, what they've done with Moto Spy is this isn't like a, a writing edit that you've got to be into to watch. This is like hard knocks. It's last chance you. It's a reality based, you know, dramatic documentary series Mm. and anyone can watch this shit so i guess my point is with all of this is like we've got a chance now with people you know like the crew uh wes and his boys that are doing moto spy and then you've got the the guys at red bull there in the motorsports division that are a complete group of legends and they're pushing every day to make like this really cool content that is applicable to not just like a moto fan base show people if you're a moto dude and you're one of the 125,000 people that watched episode three of moto spy show people Mm. share it put a link on your instagram put a link on your facebook like and write hey even if you're not into motocross you probably will like this and i'm not saying it because we're in it i'm saying it because here's a piece of content that stands alone it's not just this motocross you know specialty web edit fucking play some punk rock and do some whips like there's real story here there's Mm. real drama like at the end of that last episode when they're showing Coop and Can after like losing by that you know literally the closest margin in Supercross Mm. history that's fucking dramatic dude that shit really had me like holy fuck you can't create emotion like that no dude you can't script it better than what they've done there so for me 
I'm like, damn, we really have a responsibility now to like add to the culture of motocross. And I think that we are in a new age of motocross to where, dude, even the, the video that we shared yesterday has, let's refresh it and we'll see what it's got. Where is it at? Oh, Facebook Watch. I love how they pull you there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like we shared this video yesterday and it's got 220,000 views and 1,900 shares. It's like it's we are involved in one of the coolest sports in the world mm. and we've got some of the coolest personalities in the world that are doing it. It's like we've got a like everyone that is into this sport and rides on the weekend or loves these races and follows it we've all got a platform now we've all got social media we've all got a voice and at times i think it's retarded that we've all got a voice (laughs) and it goes the other way but in terms of like growing the sport and seeing what you know what can be achieved like look that you know that's two hundred twenty thousand views in 22 hours it's like we can get this shit out there to people and if the more people that see this is the more resources that a company like Red Bull is going to put into a season four of Motospy. And then the more then for them to put money into Motospy, they need to be sponsoring athletes. They need to be sponsoring teams. Like there's a whole big wheel that turns here as a result of people engaging with the sport. And it's like, if you're too cool to share or like a post or then fuck, what are you doing? You know? So, I mean, that was like, I guess, something that's been on my mind is it's like, let's let's all collectively add to the culture here. Let's do our bit to make all of this shit better. You know, better viewing experience. We get more money going to the riders. We have more events. We have more shit to talk about, more races to go to. Mm. So it's like, in my head, that's, you know, and, and to be honest, dude, like, I don't really want to sit here and do this shit and put myself out there to have people you know leave negative comments and carry on like i don't fucking care to have that shit in my life but it's like at the same time if you've got a voice and you've got a platform and if you've got experience and if you know these guys then it's like i almost now feel a responsibility to share some of the stuff that i know and to you know we've got this cool studio i've got you that helps me with this stuff it's like we can do this so it's like almost like if you can you must sort of thing Mm. and i think that more people should have that attitude and really try and make the sport grow um so yeah that's my little rant to end this edition of the supercross companion um you can follow us on instagram at gypsy tail podcast um and it's the same on facebook um i don't we don't have a podcast twitter yet but it's just jace mckelpine i'm trying to do that a little bit more and if you want to follow Mick, it is at M33 Productions on Instagram. Then follow him out from there. Um, big week coming up for us uh, in terms of just the podcast in general. Uh, Jack Freestone's coming on. Uh, he's on the World Surfing Tour. Uh, Ryan Gambin, uh, former Olympian, first Maltese Olympian. Um, I've got a couple of other cool dudes coming on as well. Um, but yeah, still trying to get it all figured out. Uh, but yeah so you can yeah listen to this on iTunes you can leave a like uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and yeah just get in touch get social get fucking get amongst it cunts 
Um, Mick, thank you very much Cheers, for brother. helping out today, as always. And uh, we'll get this edited, get it online, and fucking make it happen. Cool. Cheers, bro. Cheers.